Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm all right, baby doll. How's it going? I was worried then, when the the opening wonderful soundtrack kicked in, it looked, mm. like, you were gonna, you looked like you were going to say something and kick off the podcast, <laughs> steal my all-powerful opening line that I love so much. I'm like a rat taking over your 7-Eleven, <laughs> aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> I don't, I, no, actually, doesn't make sense. But I, uh, <laughs> Pete was just telling me about um, a rather crazy story that beggars belief of a guy, a Japanese guy in 1999, tried to hijack a jumbo jet and fly mm. under the Rainbow Bridge. That was his plan in Tokyo. Uh, life goals. It's insane. I've never heard of this story until you were just telling me about it. Give give us the lowdown, Pete. There's a guy. Um, his name's. Um, Oh yeah, uh, Yuji Nishizawa. He uh, hijacked an air an airplane um, in 1999, and he was uh, he gained access to the, access to the uh, cockpit. So he um, went to the cockpit. Went to the cockpit, stabbed the captain, um, took control of the plane briefly, uh, but then um, they managed the the the. the uh, staff uh, and the um, air stewards uh, managed to uh, take the knife off him and get him out of the cockpit, basically, and he was arrested. Sadly, the the, the pilot did uh, pass away. How did, but the, how did they land the plane? Well, the co-pilot was still Oh, right? yeah, yeah, co-pilot was fine, so he, he put it on the ground. But it just really... Uh, it, it was completely normal, kind of like crappy, horrible, um, harrowing story until they said that his plan was to fly under the Rainbow Bridge. Now, the Rainbow Bridge is not a big bridge, but I'm like, you've piqued my interest there, sir, if you don't mind me saying. probably fly under it. You reckon? Uh, it's I, just I, a small I, little bridge over a little into onto the island, isn't well, it? Well, I drove over it a few weeks ago, mm. and I just think... I could probably fit a quite, plane under it. I don't think it's quite high up. There's a lot of space <laughs> under this bridge. I didn't think, yes, one day I'll try and hijack a plane and fly it under the bridge, but... What an inauspicious start to a podcast, talking about a man trying to fly a plane under a a little bridge. A little Um, bridge? A little bridge. Well, steady on now. (laughs) No one slags off the rainbow bridge on my watch. At at night, beautiful though. It is. at night. I like uh, like that part of... uh, It reminds me of um, going to Japan for the first time, just having a stroll around, go to... uh, Adaib's got like a load of... um, it's got a big wheel, hasn't it? It does, yeah. And, uh... So if you're in Tokyo, ladies and gentlemen, you go to the Tokyo Bay area, or <clears throat> Odaiba, mm. which is this kind of artificial island they built off the coast of Tokyo in the 1980s. Mm. The idea was to create this futuristic city. Mm. And then the economy went in the gutter, 
Nobody had any money, and it was kind of left barren for the next mm. ten years. And then finally, money came back. Well, get, a little, get a little bike. Get a little bike and ride around. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. And at nice night, day. from Odaiba, the view of the Tokyo skyline. It's one of the best in the city. Mm. I actually put it up there, like one of my top three views in Tokyo. And the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, it's it's true to its name. They light it up, and it looks like a lovely rainbow. And the Tokyo Tower, kind of lingering over it in the distance, looks amazing. So. Did it come from Super Mario? Did Super Mario? It do did. It yeah. No, right, okay. no, I don't know. Of course, it didn't come from Super Mario. It probably well, did. I don't know. Probably did. Not to be Japan. It did. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <clears throat> I'm obsessed uh, currently with the uh, Twitter page uh, Mondo Mascots, which basically chronicle the weird and wonderful world of uh, Japanese mascots. Right. There. I mean, I know like every prefecture, every business, every uh, government initiative has a um, a character. Well, we talked about Kumon a few weeks back. Yes. Kumon, the billion-dollar mascot who generates hundreds of millions of dollars for Kumoto region mm. in Kyushu. Huge. They love him. Huge. Because they gave licensing... They let anyone license Kumon, no matter how, like, for mm. anything. Um, and so his face is everywhere on every item across the country. There are some doozies uh, on this tour page, basically going through all the more obscure um, uh, mascots. Uh, Takapo. Do you want to meet Takapo? I've never heard of this. Takapo is uh, the mascot of Takamatsu Airport in Japan, uh, and he is a sentient (laughs) runway. (laughs) It's just a big runway (laughs) with arms. With planes for arms. Try and describe that on a podcast. It's like a domino. (laughs) Imagine a domino. Yeah. As in like a It looks like the bottom of of an ironing... iron. A, a domino iron. with two arms sticking out of it. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah. My favourite is still Melon Bear. Melon Bear, yeah, he's in, pretty um, yeah, Hokkaido. I've featured yeah. a few times. It's basically a bear with a melon for a face, <laughs> and it's absolutely terrifying. It's so scary. I watched a video of Melon Bear turning up to like an elementary school uh, in Japan, and all the kids just bursting into tears and being absolutely terrified, as you would be by <laughs> a massive giant melon bear. Can I interest you in um, uh, Haunted Tokai Guy? Tokai Guy? Tokai Guy, yeah. He's a man with a possessed clock tower for a head. And, he's, <laughs> oh and my. he just walks around with a Is this a, a, re- is this a real mascot? These are all real mascots, right. it seems. Um, this is a video so I need to make. You do need to just meet as many as you possibly can. I'm definitely doing this. <laughs> this is... Uh, but you have to go to Abetsu. I don't know where Abetsu City is. What? Any ideas? Abetsu. Abetsu. Um, is the mascot of Abetsu City, uh, Japan. He's constantly moved to tears by the de- <laughs> deliciousness of the local wheat he's holding. The uh, local Wheat. Wheat. So right. it's a chicken that is holding a, a piece of wheat, a, 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 an ear of corn, a, a piece of wheat, uh, and he cries constantly, and he can't fly because his head is a brick. You having a bit of that? Oh, my God. What's that called? Chicken head? Ibitsu guy. Ebichan or something. Ebichan. Ebitsu city. I don't even know where that is. That's one of these obscure little cities. A ch- a I want to square... be that mascot, Chris. I want to give it a big hug and make it A chicken okay. with a square head and tears yeah. coming out of his eyes. That's <laughs> Is that an official... Are these official mascots? Apparently, like... I mean, you wouldn't make a suit otherwise, do you? You wouldn't make a block-headed there are lots bird of, that can't fly. There are lots of unofficial mascots. Right. I made a video once. Uh, Japan's biggest morning market in Aomori, mm. which is lovely morning market on a dock um, with 500 stools. Mm. And there's like this unofficial squid mascot right. and he just comes around it's just this like elderly man who has nothing better to do <laughs> just puts on a squid costume nice. and just walks around and I got like a photo with him oh, it was great wonderful squid what, guy the, the most f- the, there is a Pokemon um, there is a little a Pikachu costume uh, in the um, 
dressy up shop the fancy dress shop around the corner from uh, where we're recording this podcast um, and I think you've got to inflate it to make it look like him uh, but this one's never inflated it's just hanging outside uh, the shop and it always looks so depressing I really want to start like a photo blog of people in Pikachu bright yellow Pikachu costumes <laughs> that have got a bit grubby because they're always just filthy these things they're disgusting um, so that's what I'm going to do I'm going to just take pictures of dirty Pikachu costumes some people want to fly bridges yeah oh, some people want to fly, fly. <laughs> <laughs> fly sentient bridges. Some, some people want to fly <laughs> airplanes under bridges. Yeah. Pete Donaldson wants to do whatever that was. Mine's safer. Dirty costumes. No. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> Speaking of transport. We turn our attention <laughs> to transport. Um, today we've got two stories um, coming up about the Japanese Olympics next year. Mm. Obviously it's a big deal. It's If you're in Japan, you'll find that every single minute of every day you'll hear the word Tokyo Olympics and... It's just a bit annoying. Mm. But they are a bit worried about the Olympics because it's going to be in August. And for those of you that have been to Japan in August, have you been to Japan in August? Uh, yes. Do you I remember how was, hot it was? I remember the pictures that I took there where everyone, I had big patches of sweat under my arms. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> it's so damn hot, Pete. The reason I'm back in the UK for summer this year was I, was, I just thought, I'm not doing it. I mm. can't do this again. Um, and it's, it's really quite horrible. It's stupidly humid. It's mm. 40 degrees. And this week, um, there's actually been a lot of people, I think 5,000 people uh, have gone to hospital this week with heat stroke and 11 have died just because of the heat being absolutely bonkers. Mm. Um, so they're worried about the Olympics for two reasons. One, the heat, and one, the transport. Uh, let's start with the transport. Um, they're worried that the tr- Japan's... Uh, they're worried that Tokyo's efficient rail system won't be able to handle the Olympic strain. Um, already... Trains in Tokyo, train cars run at 200% capacity. <laughs> right. Uh, apparently giving passengers just enough space to read a magazine. And that's kind of, that represents a normal commuting weekday in Tokyo. Yeah. And if you've been on a train in Tokyo uh, at commuting time, it's really quite horrible. But at 250% capacity, you can't even move a hand. Mm. And after 1964, after the, the last Olympics, um, that's when they hired these people called um, Oshia known as pushers, mm. and you've probably seen them online. These are kind of people that come along with a stick to literally push commuters and pack them into rush hour cars. They're often sort of standing there wearing white gloves. Um, they probably need to, to keep clean. <laughs> and they're there to push locals onto the trains. Yeah. It's one of these famous images of Tokyo, isn't mm. it? You know, people getting stuffed into a train. I've could, actually never could... seen it myself. I've seen it, but not experienced it, actually. Mm. I, could, I, I could do with one of those in um, oh, central London, yeah, because people yeah. just don't know how to deal with themselves I think if you were getting on a train in London someone's pushing you on <laughs> physically pushing you with all their might yeah. to get onto the train they would probably just turn around and punch you in the face <laughs> uh, but in, you know Tokyo it's an accepted thing to be yeah. pushed on the train by a guy wearing like white gloves cattle like bloody cattle like but at cattle. least the trains run on time that's all I'm saying but they predict with the Olympics the trains could hit 400% of their capacity Germany. Germany. not only are you not going to be able to move but there's a real risk there's a real risk they worry that um, someone could just get killed mm. could be crushed similar to a stampede, or could yeah. just fall out of the train, or something could go wrong. Hmm. Um, so they're actually encouraging employees and companies to work from home during the Olympics, um, which is actually not a long time. The Olympics starts on July 24th, hmm. 2020, and closes on August 9th, 2020. That's, what, just about two weeks, right? Hmm. I think in other countries, if they're going to have that kind of... Um, if, if there was that risk of problems arising, transport-wise, they would sort of just say, don't come to work for two weeks. Yeah. It's the Olympics. How it's long, fine. Is, how long is the Olympics? Is it like two? Is it's, it's, well, it's two weeks from oh. um, 
yeah, from July 24th to August 9th. The thing, the, but the problem, with I guess, with um, Japanese companies, they're quite set in their ways, aren't they're they? They're definitely not going to... Yeah, they're definitely not going to happen. But, um, I guess, uh, but, it, but it, they might um, take this on board. The government might have the ease of these companies, and this might actually change working conditions for a lot of people. Well, that'd be future. quite interesting. I mean, 2,000 companies have agreed to participate. Mm. So this could be, you know, this could be the dawning of the next evolution of change <laughs> in Japan, people actually working from home. Because yeah. work from home is not really accepted in Japan at the moment. It's not really a thing. No. Um, so that could be interesting. It could actually lead to change. The, the, the Olympics in 1964 changed uh, Tokyo immeasurably. Mm. Um, it, it, they, they, like, invested billions in infrastructure and changed the face of the city. So this Olympics... it. Well, it might actually just change the work culture. So mm. that could be an interesting outcome, I think. Yeah, oh, and I think um, anything that improves workers' uh, situations can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Um, but if the traffic and the transport aren't worrying people, then the heat certainly is. And as I said before, you know, 5,000 people hospitalised last week, 11 died. I don't know what they could do there. Any ideas? Um, Get some well, umbrellas those little, out. Those little hand fans that um, it was hand very, were very popular like two years ago in the Far East and then they just disappeared. You know those little plastic hand fans you get in the cheap shops? And they I haven't just, seen like, one of those in got, years. I used yeah. to love those. They're my favourite thing. I like Hello Kitty on them and stuff. It's just like, yeah. I used to put my finger against it and see if how much it would hurt getting it chopped by the Oh, fan. you mean like the kind of like the ones, the, the old fan. school ones? The, the old ones. school No, I'm talking fan. like ones that are like about that big. Right. And they're encased so you don't, you can't get your fingers through it. And well, uh, they've no usually, got, they've I used usually to, got Hello Kitty. I used to love getting those little fans and then threatening people <laughs> with it. That's, that's quite, it's quite it's sinister, just pla- just it? plastic. It's just plastic. It doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's not a lot they can really do here. Yeah. Other than just... Just I don't know. I don't know what they can do. Well, uh, the Earth is only going to get hotter, isn't it? Um, the, um, <laughs> but it's, it's the same problem with the World Cup, obviously, in uh, in Qatar uh, in a little while. Um, they're going to have to move it to winter time, and it's still going to be very, very hot indeed. Well, one thing they've tried to do is plant trees on routes uh, leading to tournament venues to provide shade. Yeah, it's quite that's quite an interesting move. It is planting I mean, trees it's, to um, create shade. It's, uh, it's Tokyo bit... does have an absence of trees compared to say London, where mm. there's quite a lot. The foliage and greenery is uh, in short supply in Tokyo. Mm. Well, the, the cities don't don't provide any kind of cover, and, and trees are an excellent source of the nature's air condition, as, as people say. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tokyo's new Olympic Stadium, which is nearing completion, will feature fans and things, and they they do think it's going to be 10 degrees Celsius, uh, 18 degrees Fahrenheit cooler inside the stadium than outside, mm. thanks to the fans and everything, but I don't know, seems quite optimistic to me. Uh, they were having a race in uh, to- in Tokyo, or somewhere in Japan, I think. Um, I watched it on there, I saw it on the telly, and I was like, why are you doing it now? Why <laughs> are you doing it in August <laughs> in Japan, having a run around? Good Lord. Like, what, me? Surely, no, just having like having a race, like having a race oh, God, in, yeah. in, in in the middle of uh, Tokyo. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I did a, did that video a few weeks back, didn't I? Running around Central Tokyo, mm. and I don't know what the heck I was doing there. <laughs> it was kind of cool. I've never run around Central Tokyo. And I quite liked it, but at the same time, I did nearly die of heat stroke. I'd get my head caught in someone's bike spokes <laughs> almost immediately. <laughs> Brilliant. But they're doing all sorts of weird things. They're using robots and artificial intelligence to play a role in combating, like. Um, uh, facial recognition scanners they're kind of using artificial intelligence to speed up security screening so mm. people don't have to wait outside as much in the heat people can get through moved so there's all these weird kind of indirect practices and ideas and procedures that mm. might 
stop situations arising in which people might get overheated or pass out. Oh, what, so they're just getting that kind of quicker, yeah. And I, and I guess, like, nowadays, you're not going to have the same security concerns as you do in a, say, European destination or, or somewhere else, that like, for security, like, you know, bombs and stuff like that. You're not going to no. see quite so much stuff like that. Absolutely not. <laughs> But they've, so. they've also got um, a real-time weather map app, so like, you can get an app that tells you to not get outside if it's too hot. <laughs> you shouldn't need to be told that, to be honest. You shouldn't. Hey, uh, just a message comes up saying, "Don't go outside." I just think Don't do could, it. Uh, just a great advice from the Old Brown Japan podcast. Have an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. No particular brand. I know what you just do. have an ice cream. Free Coolish for every <laughs> Free Coolish every for everyone. Sponsored by Coolish. Just hand out the Coolish. Brilliant. Get them out. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Three, three. <laughs> we now turn our attention to the fax machine. Hello, fax machine. How are what you? Got? Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, been watching the channel and listening to the podcast for a while now. Binged everything, and while listening to the two podcasts on the go that I've heard uh, you complain about the heat, my question is, what's the best place to visit when Japan... Sorry, what's the best place to visit uh, when visiting Japan in summer? A place where you don't have to run for... 
for a convenience store. For, I should probably check that I sp- run to a convenience store. Uh, why am I reading? Am I reading this wrong? No. What's going it's, it's, uh, my question is: What is the best place to visit when visiting Japan in summer? Uh, a place where you don't have to run for a convenient store for air conditioning. So I think they've confused us oh, by right. using the word convenient store instead of convenience store. There you go. <laughs> so you're reading it right. It's just confusing. <laughs> well, Jonathan, uh, who wrote this, also adds, also, while we're at it, all hail Chris. Oh. Even though he can't read my <laughs> letter. Sorry, Pete, it's Chris's time to shine. Greetings, Jonathan Ooh. from Belgium. Thank you, Jonathan. I, I didn't realise that that was... Uh, it's Chris's time to shine, thing. not Chris's yours. Time to shine. Even though you did finish off the reading of the of the facts. Oh, I helped out. I was helping out. Well done, Pete. It's a team effort, mate. It's a team, team effort. effort. We can all shine here. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, the best place to visit when it's summer, um, Hokkaido, done. Yeah. Or Tohoku. Gone off. Where I live in Sendai, it's known as the coolest prefecture in Japan, Miyagi Ooh. prefecture. Is it? Um, it's not cool because it's just cool. <laughs> well, it might be cool because Riotaro's there. Oh, right, yeah. And he is He's inherently cool. cool. He's cool the James Bond of Japan, mm. Risotero. Um The temperature's a lot lower there, mm. which is nice. Um, but Hokkaido, I recommend in summer. I think you're going to find it's, it's just right, mm. just perfect. Just bearable. Um, I've never been in summer. That's a lie. I have been in summer. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Natsuki, didn't I? It was great. I actually really loved it. I really <laughs> like Hokkaido in summer. I highly recommend it. Mm. Um, Hokkaido and Tohoku are really nice. I think um, the, air, the, hair, the air seems a lot cleaner. The hair seems cleaner. The hair seems cleaner. It's I definitely avoid the south, though. Um, mm. Kansai, Kyoto, Osaka, yeah. Fukuoka in summer. Get out the cities, though. Just get out the cities, man. Yeah. Go and have a swim. Absolutely. Go and have a swim. I uh, got an email from Cody from Denver, Colorado. Hello, Cody. Hi, Pete and Chris. Sorry for the long email. I've been a long-time fan of the YouTube channel after binge-watching it to plan my first trip to Japan in August of 2017. Now I've been listening to the podcast for eight hours a day at work. How did they manage to do that? Uh, while planning my third trip back for the third year in a... Ro- it's addictive, isn't it, Cordy? It is addictive. Uh, the first trip, my friends and I uh, went to Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka and Hiroshima in the summer. The second trip, we went to Tokyo, Sapporo, uh, Hakodate in winter. Poor planning on both accounts, I know. Um, now I am planning for my third trip to Japan, this time for the cherry blossom season. I'm going with a group of people who have never been to Japan. So I'll be going back to the more iconic locations that I went on my first trip. Since I know that Chris has probably dealt with this many times, I was wondering how you typically deal with uh, revisiting the same places again. I love visiting temples, so I'll have no issue with visiting them again, but I would also love to see some new things if you have any recommendations that are a little bit off the beaten path. I was also hoping to get some recommendations for you. Uh, things to do during the cherry blossom season, uh, since it's something I haven't seen you talk about a lot. Hey, look at that tree. There's some bloody stuff in it. That is the cherry blossom season, in a sentence. I. It's an interesting question, and one that I... I thought about it a little bit um, because I do have friends and family come over regularly mm. uh, every year and I have to do the same damn route mm. oh it's Tokyo oh it's Kyoto oh it's Osaka oh it's Hiroshima oh, it's like, time to go Fox home Village. now and Fox Village yeah <laughs> actually I haven't been to Fox Village in a while mm. you've been to Fox Village you loved it should have seen how they are <laughs> drop up there see how those foxes are I, I've been thinking one way you could do it is to try and base your trip in Japan around experiences rather than places right like, you know, try and eat all these different foods, try and meet someone at a karaoke bar, try and do karaoke, you know, rather than thinking about places. Usually when you think of your holiday in Japan, you do think, oh, I need to go to Tokyo and Osaka. And maybe you can go there. But try and think about what it is you want to do in Japan, the mm. experiences, like go to a love hotel. Mm. But I'd make, if I was going to make a holiday now to Japan, I'd make a list of, like, 25 experiences, like... Go to a love hotel, go to a maid cafe, go and get the best view of Tokyo, go and meet three Japanese strangers, go to a karaoke bar, sing with the 
businessman and salaryman go to a izakaya and try this 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 i'd base it around those sort of experiences food people um i think that would make the holiday more memorable potentially rather than, than, than focusing nonsense. on the places yeah um yeah, I mean, what's your two cents on that? Yeah, just try and avoid the um, usual Instagrammy sort of stuff. You can always just, I, I never understand why people sort of take pictures of, like, I don't know, the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty, because it's like, the, people have already taken pictures of that. Just well, stay one off the internet. We're in that culture where people want to show that they're there, aren't they? Just you take, know? just take, Photoshop. do what you want, just avoid all the tourist um, traps and just steal the images you want from somewhere else. <laughs> Photoshop yourself in. Put yourself you in haven't the really been on holiday recently, Pete. You've just been <laughs> yeah, photoshopping. photoshopping I mean, oh, but well. no, I, I would honestly try and do that. Try and make a list of things you'd love to do in Japan, and mm. then turn that list into reality. Yeah, don't base it around places. Base it around experience. Faces. Don't uh, place it around faces. Uh, I mean, sorry, places. Base it around faces. Not a bad nice. idea. I, I find the holidays are always much more memorable and exciting and brilliant when you've got people involved, strangers or people you've met along the way, fellow travellers you've mm. shared the experience with. I remember one of my favourite times in Kyoto, the first time I went to Kyoto actually, I stayed at a hostel uh, with my friend George and we were just we went for a drink on the rooftop bar at the hostel mm. and there was five or six other people, we chatted to them and then we went to karaoke and it was my first, one of my first times at karaoke and I loved it, it was really fun. Nice. Just sitting there, singing with people I'd probably never see again and didn't see again <laughs> but it's just fun you know showing that experience so base it around faces not places there you go um, <laughs> Have you stole, stolen my line I've stolen your line outrageous got one from Harry O'Neill who says hi Pete and Chris that's where your excitement ends Pete because oh. this question's for Chris oh. I love this Pete's being alienated in two <laughs> questions so far who knows maybe you can be a part of this one this time Pete <laughs> did you ever feel awkward or self-conscious filming yourself in public if so how did you deal with it and become more confident love the podcast and congratulations on the cycle thanks Harry O'Neill um, you know for the longest time doing videos in public I felt like I just couldn't do it I, I hated it mm. Uh, I remember doing a video out the front of Sendai Station about how expensive is travelling Japan or something like that. And right. I feel I decided to film it out the front of Sendai, Sendai Station, the opening. And I just... I only had, like, five or six lines and 30 seconds of footage, but it took, like, half an hour. Yeah. Because I'd get halfway through a line and then someone would stare at me and put me off or laugh or stand there and watch. Mm. And I just... I couldn't do it. And I hate... I, to this day, I still don't enjoy it that much. But through journey across Japan, through cycling and travelling across Japan and making a vlog every single day for, like, a month, by virtue of the fact I had no choice, I got quite good at it, to the point that I was just walking down the street with a camera in hand on, like, a little tripod, filming myself talking really loudly uh, out the front of a station. I didn't care. I just felt mm. like I created this wall between myself and my camera. And this, it was almost like a, an invisible bubble or barrier around mm. me. Uh, so now I don't care I'm quite good at it I don't feel anything it's it just took me like seven years anything. to get to that point <laughs> I feel dead inside it's, um, it's just practice isn't it yeah I, I, when you ever film anything outside in like um, like festival situations yeah. and stuff that's people just always being very bothersome just kind of going over as soon as you get as soon as you've got a cameraman with you filming you um, it, they automatically think it's going to go end well, up on the TV news or something, yeah I think yeah. it's on the TV um, but um, I think filming yourself as long as you've got a nice camera and it's not mm. just an iPhone or whatever. Right. It's kind of... Uh, I, th I think that gives you a bit more of a veneer of um, kind of, uh, you know, authenticity. Absolutely. If you've got a nice camera rather than a 
you know, just a smartphone because you could just be just any old dude. Well, what I'll say is in Japan as well, people are very nice about mm. it. They won't get in your way or be annoying or no. shout, oh, hey, hey, dickhead, yeah. while you're filming. Uh, don't think that's happened yet. That's very much I've had some like, Japanese schoolboys be like, <laughs> and do weird noises and things, things like that. But uh, generally, people are all right. It just takes a bit of practice. It just... You have to just flick off this kind of switch in your head mm. to stop just caring. Get it done. Get it done. Sounds easier than it is, but <laughs> I seem to have got good at it after seven years. But interesting question. Mm. Um, keep the questions and stories coming into Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com, guys. We'll be back same time next week to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. And we'll be back next Wednesday, 10 pm British time. <laughs> bye bye. See, I remembered it now. Place right. not face. I know times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.